Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Um, another week is upon hello, us. Hello. A very short week. Well, international break has begun, so we have less to talk about than in weeks past, but that yep. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Not at all. Um, we are going to start off with the Premier League, um, as who always. Are, yeah, who are back after, you know, a little brief little hiatus. Um, and some games still did, were not played. Any games that were in London. London, yeah. So none I of the London games were played. There was one other on- game... That were on was, Sunday because there was Tottenham one played game. on Saturday. There was one other game that got postponed too, but it had like already been postponed for there's, an unrelated reason. Yeah, I, there's so, like there's like something going on. There's like strikes, so trains weren't working, so they didn't have the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fans couldn't get to the game. But anyway, right. so that means that there's a few less games to talk about, but there are still games. Um, so let's start on Friday. Um. Aston Villa beat Southampton 1-0. Unsurprising? Uh, Nothing too notable about that. Aston Villa did not have the best start to the season, but have definitely seemed to warm up. Um, I mean, expectations-wise for both of these teams, you could have called it either way. They're they're pretty similar caliber teams. I'm sure Southampton will have wanted more of a result, but Aston Villa will will be happy to get a win and sort of continue positive momentum to a season that did not have the best start the um other game that was on friday was nottingham forest fulham fulham won three two um a pretty like fun game of goals and a lot of yeah a lot of goals um a lot going on there and good on fulham i mean i think that we've been talking about them um a little bit um they've been looking pretty good this season or like yeah, you know pretty Fulham's solid been having a, um, a pretty Fulham has got to be pretty pleased with their start they've gotten some results that you know they would maybe not expect to get but then these are the kind of results that their fans would be you know hoping they would get against yeah. um you know and I think we are all a little hopeful that they do not you know, continue in their limbo of going back and forth between the Premier League and the Championship. So yep. I am hoping that they stay up. Give them a year. little bit um, of a prem run, just a little bit. It's okay. Come on. Um, but good on them uh, for getting that win. Um, and then we move into Saturday. Um, Newcastle Bournemouth tied one one. Again, surprising. Um. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would have thought that I, Newcastle I think, would pull out the win. Yeah, I, that result does surprise me a little bit. Bournemouth has struggled um, at the start of this year, and Newcastle has looked really good. So yeah. this is a result that I think, while not, like, astonishing, I'd have expected Newcastle to, to handle. I will, yeah, I will say Bournemouth scored first in the 62nd minute, and then Newcastle got a 67th minute penalty to tie it up, but that was that was kind of it. So, not 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 well due to this what the 
app is showing me not too much going on but i did not watch this game so i could be mistaken um moving on uh a lot large amount of goals in this scoreline tottenham six lester two yeah Um, i will i know i'm an arsenal fan everyone go gunners hate the spurs but i do love Youngman son and he did finally kind of get back well, into it. He was a sub. He got subbed on and say, scored a hat trick. It was thirteen minutes, right? Yeah, thirteen yep. minutes. So Sean really said, "I'm tired of hearing about this Holland guy." I'm, Put me I'm in, coach. done. I'm tired of hearing about this Holland guy. So um, <laughs> Put me in. I I am happy for him, and that's it. Um, it's good for career moving into the World Cup as well. So um, I hope his form keeps going, but I hope Tottenham tries to lose more um that is my yeah I think I would I would agree I would also say um this is a continued of course yes you know when when son pops off son pops off there's not like a ton a lot of people can do about that but at the same time he's only scored half of you know Spurs goals um Lester is continuing on us on a trend where they will not be super pleased about um They, they've really struggled at the start of the season. Um, you know, they, they're going to have to turn things around sooner rather than later. They're not in a great position. They're not, I, I don't think anybody yes. in that sort of organization is pleased no. with, with what they're doing right now. So, you, you know, while generally speaking, there's no shame in losing to a big six club. If you're not a big six club, Leicester is one of those clubs that have sort of in the last you know, five years ish, really since they won the Premier League, um, you know, which now feels like quite some time ago, but but still, um, still. wasn't that long ago. No. Um, they've been one of those clubs that that seem to sort of fancy themselves as challengers, yeah, um, for European spots, yeah. Um, so this is a really disappointing turn of trend for them, um, and I suspect they will both the the club will be wanting more from from them yeah definitely um and then the last game on saturday was a 3-0 win by city over wolves um holland had another goal jack Grealish scored in the first minute mm-hmm. um i will say um I did not watch this game wolves got a red card in the 33rd minute you you might be able to speak more to that but i I have plenty to say. Um, yeah, just looking at the scoreline, I may have suspected that Wolves may have been able to put up a better fight. But um, realistically, City City, so. um, well, first of all, this game was played at the Ascrack Dawn U.S. And time. You, wrote, you were um, for it, though. It was 5.30 a.m. kickoff for me. Um, but I did. I woke up not only in time for, you know, most of the game but I didn't dra- I wasn't dragging my ass either I was sat down on the couch volume up by the time Jack Grayler scored 55 seconds into the yeah. game um <laughs> um coffee was brewing um honestly this is uh after last week's Champions League, League performance which in which I think Graylish, who has at times been unfairly criticized but after the Dortmund game was fairly criticized um for his performance in that game I think this was exactly the start that that Grealish needed to this game um I've actually been seeing a lot he, he got put on media duty for England um 
and international. So people, he's been sort of in the media a lot re- the last yeah. week. Um, and I, and I, and they also interviewed him after the city game. Um, but he said some interesting things to say, and I'll talk about them a little bit more once I'm sort of done my game overall. But um, yeah, he's, he scored, I think what was interesting about the goal um, or his goal was that it's a position that you would normally expect I mean, you know, we're seven games in, but you know, you would normally expect Holland to be in the position. It was a, it was a cross across the middle. Um, Foden went to De Bruyne, who slid it across the middle um, for Graylish to tap in. Um, it's a position that you normally would expect Holland to be in, and I think this is one of the interesting things about what Holland brings to City is Holland was in the box as well. Holland also made a play for the ball, but the ball was a little bit ahead of him. Um, so he didn't get on the end of it. But what was interesting about this play is, of course, the Wolves defenders are like, oh, my fucking God, we need to be all over Erling Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're worried about them. And, and then Jack Relish is, is essentially unmarked to tap the ball in right. Um, right. himself, which is, I think, just an interesting, another way to think about what er, what Holland brings to the, to the group is that, um, yes, he's so, so dangerous. He's scored in all but one game he's played for City. Um, and in that game that he didn't score, he assisted. Um, but, you know, like, obviously he's a goal-scoring machine, but because he's a goal-scoring machine, he attracts attention from defenders that also frees up space um, for the other attacking players at City um, yeah. to get into positions that they maybe couldn't have gotten into last year. Um, so that was just an interesting thing on note on the Jack Raiders goal, but um, overall really good movement from De Bruyne and, um, and Foden sort of on the outside there. Um, I saw an interesting statistic actually that uh, every single goal that city have scored this year, either Erling Holland, obviously uh, Phil Foden or Kevin De Bruyne has been involved in. They either mm. scored the goal, assisted the goal, or were the pass before the assist. Um, huh. And sort of yeah. like we're the chance creating. Where uh, we always call it the hockey assist because in hockey they you get two. There's two assisters. Yeah. Yeah. The two passes previous. Um, so we always call it the hockey assist, but which is really interesting. And I think is if you're if you're a longtime city fan and a longtime sort of city someone that pays a lot of attention to city, that's not particularly surprising. Um, Foden is shockingly good um but yeah essentially it went Foden to to De Bruyne to Graylish then the second goal was um was actually one of those things that I one of those things that shows just how dangerous Holland is it was Holland scored from outside of the box um for his goal this game which is um not unusual but he's you know he scores far more often from inside the six um right but it just sort of shows you that you can't back off holland because he'll drive at you and, and shoot from outside the box you can't crowd him because then somebody else there's other city players around or you can crowd him but it won't matter because he'll out jump you out physical you out run you like it doesn't there's just yeah. sort of uh, not a whole lot anyone can do about him but it was right. a nice goal um Perhaps not the most well-struck ball, but doesn't always need to be if you place it Sometimes right. Sometimes it doesn't have um, to be like that. Yeah, and then and then um, Wolves picked up a red card. Um, this is about as straightforward of a red card. There's really nothing. Yeah. No one was arguing it. The player no. wasn't. Nobody was. Um, Nathan Collins 
was late on a ball and stuck his cleats into Drac Raelish's stomach. Yeah. <laughs> um, quite literally. Two feet off the ground, his foot goes right into Drac Raelish's stomach. Um, yeah, that's, it was a that straight is, red. That's it, that yeah. Clear, that was clear of a straight red as you can get. Um, Collins actually waited around after the game and after Raelish was talking to press to like, apologize to him yeah um I, yeah there's not there was nothing intentional no about intentional it. It just, but it yeah was a, it was a dumb poorly challenged like poorly timed and poorly thought out yeah challenge um in my opinion and 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 honestly the whole thing about this which is so annoying gonna be so annoying to not city fans for me to sit here and say but the game ended 3-0 Phil Foden scored in the um in the second half actually a real did you see his finish on this it's a cheeky finish i saw it he's a little he's a little cheeky motherfucker but um so you know he he likes a cheeky finish so yeah i love to see him get on the on the score sheet he's it's good nice to see that as well and yes city could have had more goals than they did but i'm gonna be honest city like didn't play that great (laughs) like against yeah the fact that they only scored once more after Wolves went down to 10 men is like not great. Like they didn't, they weren't at their best. Um, Wolves, Wolves had opportunities even after they went down a man. And like, that tells you that alone tells you city's not playing, was not playing their best. Um, But it's hard to sit here and like complain about how city were playing when you win three, nothing, but like, I think I think what this city team has has taught me, perhaps not, but shown this year, perhaps, is that in in ways that they haven't last year or sort of in previous years, is that even when they're not playing their best or they don't look great or people are kind of sloppy here and there, they're still getting the job done. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, yeah, they're still they're not losing. Yeah. Um, and, and like they didn't play terribly in this game by any means, no. but like they were definitely not their best. And Wolves is a good team, so like it could have gone very differently. It didn't, right. but yeah. it could have. Um, yeah. and I think that's sort of. But I want to go back to Jack Raylish a little bit briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of he was talking about after the game and, and sort of throughout his media time with with England this week, um, how much criticism he's gotten and and sort of. All this, this sort of stuff, and, and Pep Guardiola has said they made comments about it, you know, in support of Graylish and, and Kevin De Bruyne has as well. Um, but I think what people are missing, people are sort of ignoring some context here. Um, yeah. Last year was last year. City fans will tell you most of most players struggle their first year, and even leaving that last year out of the questions we were like well okay we'll look at his performances this year and I'm like I don't think I think a lot of it was a brief thing and it wasn't very talked about because City is a deep squad but Jack Rose got hurt in the second game of the year yeah um and then sat a couple games because he was injured and has not played a full 90 since yeah and right if you asked, they asked him after the game and he said, I'm not back to full fitness yet. I'm working on it, but I'm not back. Right. And I think there's the people miss that sort of context there. And I've, I said in, in our sort of preseason 
podcast and I stand by this, that I think this is his year. Like, I think he's going to break through. Um, and the reason that he hasn't yet is yeah, he's been hurt. Yeah. An injury and he's not back from that yet. And, you know, hopefully he's, you know, he's in the final stages of that now. Um, and we'll see, and we'll see whether I turn out right. But I think like some of this sort of like, and, and part of it is attached to the, you know, the price tag that was attached to him. I mean, I think that is, is part of it. Yeah, it has and, to be. And I get that to some extent, but at the other, at the, like, at the same time, I'm kind of like, at some point, y'all have got to let that one go. Like, the, the, the just sort of like, I think a lot of opposition fans are going to be like, are, are, they like to go, oh, the, you're so stupid for spending you know, a hundred mil on Jack Grayless. She doesn't, hasn't done jack shit for you, which first of all, isn't true. But second, like at some point y'all got to let it go. Like you can't have it both ways. Either we're like, we're stupid for spending a hundred mil on Jack Grayless or we're somehow scamming the system because we only paid 50 for Holland. Like I, y'all at some point y'all got to come up with a better argument. Like Mm -hmm. you just got to come up with a better argument come up with something new you gotta shake things up a little bit you gotta shake, you gotta shake it up a little bit give me give, give me something fresh you know it's the oh, same old thing it's the someday, same i'm just sick of it someday it's the same old like oh British was 100 mil like come up with something better well i, I mean just, obviously the, the transfer market we should all be aware of by now is like is inflated like it's inflated beyond imagine but then also like things just don't make sense like people are paying money for players that they are- shouldn't and like holland yeah how was he so cheap but this is how it worked out like like but like because holland was on a contract from before he was yeah no i mean it makes i mean it what makes he was sense. Not, like like you can figure it out like it's just not like and I'm like, okay, you paid, we paid whatever for Jack Raylish. How much did Manu pay for Jaden Sancho? No, but that's the point. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, but that's no, what I'm I, I completely, I completely agree with you. I, you know, I, I, I think I the whole transfer like, market is so out of whack. It doesn't even, exactly. it's not even like a the good judge market. anymore. And, and the other thing is you have to think about like in terms of how much your players cost is not only how valuable are they in the overall market, but how valuable were they to the team that they were on yeah. before, mm-hmm. right? Because if you look at who Jack Graylish was in the context, who Jack Graylish is in the context of football at large, yeah. okay, yeah, it kind of doesn't make a ton of sense that he's 100 mil. But if you look at who Jack Grealish was in the context of Aston Villa, yeah, suddenly yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I so think I think that's the other thing you have to like yeah. you have to think about when you're when you if you want to use how much a player costs as an argument, you have to think about those things because sometimes players that are really good players but are maybe not like Bond or candidate players are going to cost more than they might than you might think because they're yes. coming from a club in which they are the entire team. Yeah, and so that club is going to value them more, like. So it's just sort of like there's there's yeah. more to it than just like the best player costs the most money and the second best player costs the second most money and the yeah. third best player costs the third. There's more to the sort of transfer market than that. And so I just think that like and, and to take it off city thing for for a second, like how much Harry Maguire cost Man United to get gets tossed a lot around in that conversation as well. Mm. And I truthfully across the board just do not think how much money a player costs a club is that valuable when you're talking about anything other than the initial purchase yeah 
like you can or you can look at it kind of in hindsight with Kevin De Bruyne and go like oh we got him for so cheap like and you know look at him now but like what Kevin De Bruyne cost in 2015 is not relevant to any conversation about Kevin De Bruyne now right like yeah so I just think like unless you were talking about the transfer like right after it happens or like about the the cost in terms of financial discussions about a club in which I'm never having anyway Mm -hmm. like talking how much a player cost or didn't cost months or years later I think is stupid (laughs) I I, I, I mean I I agree I completely agree because also it just like changes between years it's like yeah and also how much much fluctuation like how much 50 mil is is one year could be versus the next year is different different. so I just think talking about all this to say like let's come up with a new argument in Jack Grealish than for Jack Grealish than he cost 100 mil yeah let's come up with something different (laughs) um but overall I hope everyone makes it through all the city players make it through the um international break with no injuries um speaking of injuries though uh Calvin Phillips is now apparently he's had some sort of ongoing shoulder issues Mm. for a couple of years now where he's dislocated it a couple of times um and the city medical team and Phillips and I assume the English um, national team medical team was involved in this decision as well, but they have decided that now is the time for him to get surgery okay. um, on his shoulder. So he is, that also presumably means that he is missing the world cup for England. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, I think Southgate's probably not too pressed about that given that Jude Bellingham is is right there to sort of yeah I would be super that, upset. that position yeah. not to get turned into national team but just sort of that is a sort of relevant it's a note good it's a good point Phillips um, going down but um yeah yeah so so we will not we've not seen a ton of Phillips um for City for obvious reasons and I suspect we won't until after the World Cup but um yeah, yeah so that's that moving on Cool. Moving on to Sunday, um, Everton beat West Ham 1-0. A continuing uh, kind of string of West Ham losses, I suppose. Um, yeah, another team that have not started. This they have not started wrong. well and haven't really seemed to be able to pick up their pace at all. Um, so no. it'll be good to watch them post international break and see if they can string something together before the World Cup happens. Uh-huh. Um, and lastly, but surely not least, um, Arsenal played Brentford and won 3-0. A very happy result for all of us, Arsenal fans. Af- I mean, after the Man United loss, um, which was just sad. Um, but if it was last year, we would have lost to Brentford in this game. Again, all about the mentality. Um, and we just we we just dominated and and like yeah, we did what we small. like always are supposed to do. We looked good. We had different people playing. Odegaard was had like a slight knock, so we had someone else play. Uh, Vieira played instead. Um, but it's nice to see that we actually have some depth as well. So like that type of you know injury 
can happen. It's nothing bad, I don't think, but it wasn't just not worth pushing it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great to see that Jesus is, you know, continuing his charge. Um, and just like everyone overall, I mean, again, I feel like we say this, I say this a lot. Arsenal is clicking. Um, I want to see us, obviously we've been beating the teams who you would anticipate that we're going to beat. Um, we play Tottenham the first game post-international break. And I think that that's going to be a big game. Um, and I think, I think they, they don't have to win it, but I think that they, they kind of need to just to like, kind of, you know, solidify themselves a little bit, um, and maybe try and get some doubters to actually think they can finish in the top four, which I'm hopeful, but you never know. We are still in first place. Remains to be shocking. Um, yep. But again, I mean, there's not much. It was a classic Arsenal win. Um, and everyone is playing well. And as I always say, you never know what will happen next. And they could fall to pieces. They might not. Um, but cautiously optimistic. Good stuff. Um, um, yeah. I, funnily enough, both the North London Derby and the Manchester Derby are the weekend we, have a, we come back from right, international right Right which is insane to me that they scheduled those two games for the same game week. I don't know why. Like, is that not batshit? I, I feel like that's insane. The Arsenal um, game is at 7.30 on Saturday, my time. And the other God, game is the fucking the 9 a.m. game on Sunday. Yeah. You're gonna Neither of those wake are up fine time for the, for the... Yes. Hell yeah, you are. Um... But like not what's weird about that too is neither usually they make things like the big derby games, they usually will make those like the eleven like o'clock Eastern time. Or yeah, they'll be like eleven, Eastern, yeah. eleven or twelve Eastern yeah. time. They'll like schedule them so they're like the primetime games. And they're that's not that's weird. It's odd. Like on Sunday, that Sunday a nine a.m. Sunday game leads Aston Villa. I don't know why they haven't. But this but yeah. but I'm also thinking like in terms of like local time so the north london derby is a saturday noon right yeah. that's a noon kickoff right a 12 30 kickoff yeah about yeah that's weird right i mean yes but i don't know i and and there's it's a you know a sunday afternoon kickoff for the Manchester Derby I as well. couldn't tell yeah I don't think it's going to impact either of them too heavily I think they're going to no, be just, really really good games um, no I I agree it's just but, I feel like in the past several years in particular they have been more of the yes. sort of like prime time yeah games the scheduling just seems weird I mean reality is they might things are all sorts of screwy this year with scheduling because yeah honestly they also I think try and balance who has the early and late like I think they try and balance that out throughout the season so that could also have impacted it yeah and they're if they're playing midweek games um in the week like who's playing Tuesday versus who's playing Wednesday versus you know they balance all impacting it games and yeah anyway um exciting things to look forward to in like two weeks or next week 
it's not that far away. It's not that far away. Um, that kind of finishes up our. It didn't end up being that quick of a Premier League recap in the end. Um, but it's what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I, neither Chelsea or Liverpool played, and that's fine. <laughs> um, is all, our things to talk. Leeds did not play either, so also I, impacted. I'm just like annoyed about the fact, and the thing is, like, I realize. I realize how this is going to sound, okay? I want you to know that okay, I so know you can cut it out of the now. podcast before it's aired live to everyone. No, I'm I'm saying this because I want to say it. Okay. But it feels like bullshit that Liverpool and Chelsea have had oh, are playing yeah. shitty and then they haven't had to play two weekends in a row. Yeah. So their coaches get lots of time to work uh, with them when they're conspiracy. playing like shit. It conspiracy. feels like bullshit. It feels like bullshit. I feel like the queen died strategically. I was gonna say. <laughs> I feel well, like do she we know died what soccer team she was a fan of? Presumably Chelsea. That's what William's a fan of. I thought it was an Aston Villa fan. No, he's a Chelsea man. Oh well, the- All the- they're they're rich Londoners. Of course, they're Chelsea fans. Uh, sorry, that's very true. Moving on to the WSL because women's soccer is back in England. Women's soccer is back. So exciting. Um, just going to run through the scores real fast. There are a couple of surprising results. Though the Arsenal-Brighton game, which was a 4-0 win to Arsenal, was not a surprise. And hell no. yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Fantastic. Yep. Great start. I love Arsenal them all. be Arsenaling. I, uh... Just love them. There's nothing yes. else to be said. Um, yep. Man, U- Man United beat Reading 4-0 as well. I think that's to be expected. Um, I would look for Man United to challenge for the top three this season. Um, Interestingly enough, just sort of fun, quirky, fun fact, um, Reading, I was there this summer. Oh. And I met their women's coach and one of their women's players. They are really nice. That's fantastic. Well, we sh- can root for them. Of, yeah. um, Her name was Lily. She's a defender. We'll have to watch a game. Um, Surprising result, Aston Villa beat City 4-3. We were discussing before we did this, City's lost, like, a lot of players. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I didn't watch this game, so I couldn't tell you what happened. I I wouldn't be surprised this season if they're rebuilding a little bit. um, Yeah, there's some rumors floating around that there's some potential issues with City's coach. so we'll see if anything anything sort of pans out there. But they lost Georgia Sandway to Bayern. Um, Kira Walsh and Lucy Bronze both went to Barca. Uh, Caroline Weir is at Real Madrid. Janine Becky left back for the NWSL. Um, just yeah. to name the ones off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Lauren Hemp is still there. Chloe Kelly is still there. They, they, um, they don't have, it's not like they lost every single good player. I just, um, no, but it, it is a worth, transition that's needed before yeah. they kind of are clicking as a team again. Um, West Ham beat Everton 1 0. I'm not surprised by that. West Ham has normally been a decent team um, in the mm-hmm. WSL. Tottenham beat Leicester 2 1. Um, look for Tottenham to kind of, obviously they're very prominent in the premier league i think they're kind of an up and coming a little bit more in the wsl but um 
I think they should also have a relatively strong season. And then mm-hmm. the other surprising result of this weekend is that Liverpool beat the defending champions Chelsea 2-1. And um, this, for for those of you who are not familiar with the WSL um, and therefore are hearing club names and thinking yeah. about their men's counterpart, yeah. um, this is Liverpool's first year in mm-hmm. the WSL. Yeah. Um, they have yeah. never been in the top league before. Um, and if you ask Liverpool fans, men, men of fans of Liverpool men's team who are decent people and care about women's soccer, um, they will tell you that they have been disappointed in their club's investment in the women's game yeah. until relative, very, very recently. Yeah, I think very um, recently there has been very, very recently. better. Um, yeah. Last time I had a discussion with Isaac about women's team, he didn't want to talk about it because he was very displeased with how okay. um, Liverpool, this was a couple years ago. Yeah. Was, um, but he was really, he really hated how little investment um, Liverpool was putting into yeah. their, their women's team. But clearly they're, they've, they've changed that a little bit as they should. Um, I, I gotta say though, like part of me, and this is going to sound like, bad because my my the club that I support does ha- do well on both sides yeah um but I kind of liked the WSL how in the WSL not all the big six teams were good yeah um yeah, yeah. and and of course the big six teams in the Premier League are in many ways the big six teams because they have money Money. that they can invest into their teams and they are now doing a better job of investing that money into their women's Mm -hmm. teams and therefore it makes sense of course that their women's team would therefore flourish in similar ways to their men's team but it was really fun or it's been really fun yes Chelsea Chelsea and Arsenal have been sort of the best two teams in the WSL for for ages Mm -hmm. um Man City has also been quite good and Man U has made Man City and Man U are more recent I think to the top um sort of group Man U a little bit more recently than Man City but I feel like yeah like a Man U I feel like really really, I feel like like last year year, like I feel like last year they really were like them pushing for like top four ish um City's you, then, City's really been won. City's been good for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of this sort of. Um, but I agree, like I agree that there's also I think that this year more than ever some of the, some teams dropped last year that were surprising. Um, but like Liverpool finally being in the top league, yeah. like it was kind of, and I don't just say this because it was Liverpool. I I mean this sort of generally speaking, like it was kind of cool that. Yeah. There were big six women's sides that weren't even in the top league. No, like, I, I completely and agree. like Spurs has not been particularly good historically. Like, no, yeah, I, it's yeah. just sort of like so I, disappointing is the wrong word because I don't want to say it's disappointing to see because it's no, inevitable. It's, it's just it's it's, it's an inevitable change. Um it was kind of fun when, you know, yeah, like Brighton in the WSL was really good and yeah. like Reading. When's the last time Reading's men's side was in the the top I league? I couldn't tell. Reading Reading has been in the WSL for a couple of years. Yeah. Like they and they do like, decently yeah. okay. They beat I, Chelsea last year. Like I you know what I mean like there's Oh, and I also think like I do think that like there's teams are more coalesced a little bit so like mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna happen yeah um 
and the gaps are not as big the gaps are not as big like honestly liverpool beat chelsea 2-1 liverpool could lose to like reading like you know like the next absolutely like they play or brighton or aston villa they play everton they play everton next week like they could easily lose that like it's Mm -hmm. a little bit i think a little bit more of a fluctuation in that sense um yeah but great soccer is being played please pay attention to it as much as you pay attention to the premier league if you are watch a lot more men's soccer um but exciting time yeah and also if you're if you're following your men's teams on twitter or instagram i know they're posting about their women's teams as well on those accounts they're yep. telling you when the games are you know you don't watch have to be them. following the like you have no excuse you don't have to be following the women's account to nope. you should follow the women's account but you don't yeah. have to be following the women's account to like know what you don't have on. to it's very easy uh-huh. you see it um and uh pay as much attention the- to that as you do the men because they uh the women are very fun to watch and very good they really are um cool yeah. i wanted to do a very quick um in our segment around europe which i just named in this very second um but um only because uh in the bundesliga Bayern some lost interesting to Osberg, stuff happening. 1-0 and Dortmund mm-hmm. beat schalke mm-hmm. 1-0 and that mm-hmm. means that Union Berlin Bayern is dropped. in first place. Dortmund is in second, and Bayern has dropped to fifth. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Bayern is staying in fifth. However, oh, no. they have not been they have not been beating the teams they're really supposed to. Like they keep losing 1-0. Um, yeah. Or tying. And they they've tied a lot. They've been losing they a just... lot of po- unnecessary points. Um, mm-hmm. and though I know I feel like we're always like, oh haha, like does Dortmund ever have a chance? Not like any of these teams have a chance though I think if anyone looked at the standings you would point out Dortmund as like the team that has the chance to win the Bundesliga over Bayern but um it's I mean, shaking we'll things see. up and it's, Marco it's, Royce it's fun went he off just, injured yeah. um which is not not good for Dortmund um not good um so I and we don't I, I don't know if this means much of anything. I think the Bundesliga it's, has been entertaining this season and it's unpredictability, and I think it's going to continue that way. Yes, I, I think I, I will say there does seem to feel – it feels like something's different at Bayern. Yeah, yeah. Like, they've faltered in years past, but I think I made a joke about this before, that it seemed like every time Dor- uh, Bayern was going to – like would falter, Byron would drop points, they would tie, they would lose one, nothing, whatever. Every time that happened, it seemed like that same game week, Dortmund would also drop yeah. points. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say the frequency in which, yes, of course, we are only, you know, a, a handful still, you know, towards the beginning of the season, but um, sort of like the frequency with which Bayern has dropped points is more than they have yeah. in in previous years and Dortmund is not not and not only Dortmund obviously Dortmund's not top of the, the league you know Berlin is um and yeah. I, I just think it's it just something feels like maybe it's different yeah and again it's very early who knows what's going to happen the world cup being in the middle like there's a lot of 
we can't really predict a lot about the season, but it's interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will continue talking about it. I actually have one more note about the Bundesliga before we yes. move on. Yeah. Um, and it's as it's a sort of off topic, but Bundesliga relevant. Um, and that is specifically about Union Berlin. Um, and one American. Yes. Oh, yes. We. I can't believe I, I'm sorry. I forgot about this. Let's discuss. So we discussed, I think, I think we Last talked week. briefly about um, PFOC not being on the roster um the u.s men's national team roster for this international break um after this weekend this became an increased in volume of conversation at least on twitter um because pfox scored again um this weekend and because Bayern lost and they are now top of the bundesliga and i actually funnily enough got into a little bit of a spat on twitter on sunday um in classic fashion a man a man named jack jake something like that if you're out here if you're out there motherfucker does he listen to the podcast probably not he's a chelsea fan um (laughs) so i should have known everything out of his mouth was going to be stupid but you know i i retweeted something tweeted something about um pfox comments post berlin's game this weekend about greg berhalter um because berhalter was in germany and he was at the um the river derby which is the dortmund schalke game um so he was at the dortmund schalke game and then was not at berlin's game and they asked peacock after the game like i don't know the exact question but they asked him basically like to comment on that and he said more or less that's not surprising to me that he's not here i'm not surprised yeah now my as a professional hater um and a I mean, yeah, this is really just a Burhalter hate slander. podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, the pin tweet on my Twitter account is this is a Burhalter, Greg Burhalter hate account. Like, oh, I am okay, so. not shy about the fact that I don't like that man. Um, I don't think I've ever said anything nice about him. <laughs> um, but I basically retweeted um, these comments that are or sort of commentary on Peabox comments and went, this is why I hate Greg Burhalter. Union Berlin is top of the fucking Bundesliga and PFOC can't get a call up, right? Yeah. Like, that's what I tweeted. Yeah. Mans comes into, Mans comes flying into my mentions. Like, you do know that there are other reasons he might not have been called up, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you think I can't hear the condescension in the you do know that you only condescended to me like this because I'm wearing a sundress in my fucking profile picture? Yeah sit down buddy let me give you a fucking education um and then he told me that he didn't think I could handle Twitter because I told him to go away um because I didn't give a fuck what he had to say he's like oh you don't like a differing opinion you can't handle a differing opinion than you like I can handle a differing opinion if it's an intelligent one you just sound like a fucking idiot (laughs) like get out of my replies um so then I blocked him and moved on with my day but fantastic um, good choices nonetheless nonetheless um point being my actual the funniest thing about the whole thing was my comment wasn't even about his exclusion from the squad it was really about his that the comment of him post game saying that he wasn't surprised that Burhalter was not there 
um, I think is, is, is telling. telling, very telling, is very telling. Um, and, and I heard, and I saw somebody else point out recently, basically when, when Burholder was questioned about why Peacock was not in the squad, um, his response was something along the lines of like, oh, well, I already know what he's capable. I already know what Jordan's capable of. Like I, um, right. needed to see other guys and people have pointed out that that's, um, very, very similar to the types of things that he has said about John Brooks, um, mm. when questioned about him not being included in the squad, um, which as you will all know is very telling because Burhalter has some kind of beef with John Brooks and refuses to call him up. Yeah. Um, and, and refused to call him up last year when he was in very good form and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it just particularly the P fucking grinds my gears so much because the Burhalter fanboys are like, Oh, well, don't worry. He's going to be on the squad for, the world cup they just they just want to look at other people now and i'm like that's not how this works no it's and and if that is what he's doing that's still a mistake because that's not how it's supposed to work it's a mistake too because you want your team to fucking play together right before the world cup these guys have not had enough time like they have not had enough time playing together if you have a striker that is in form right you don't want him to like have a couple weeks like have 10 days off you want him to play. Yeah. You want him to keep playing. Like, if nothing else, then you want him to play two more games because you want him to be. And they're like, oh, they don't want him to get hurt. I'm like, you're an idiot. You're that is not the idiot. reason why. If they didn't yeah. want, if they didn't want, if they were worried about somebody getting hurt, they wouldn't have called Gio Reyna into the squad. Like, yeah, if they God, were worried yeah. about injuries. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, well, if, if calling squads was, that's what people are confusing camps with squads um you call guys to camp that you want to check out they and that's what camps are for you check them out at the camp and then if you like them at camp then they get put on the squad squad a month before the world cup is not a let's see what these guys can do it's a let's see who's got chemistry on the field like he should already have he should already know who's coming on the plane and I don't want to get too much into it because I think we're probably going to talk a lot about U.S. men's national team next week yes. um, following their their games um, over this international break. But it just pisses me off that like people and, and I don't know if they're stupid or you're like you're just sitting around here being willfully obtuse like Greg is not he doesn't he's not going to see your tweet. He's not going to see you fighting for his life in my mentions. He's not even going to see my tweet like he doesn't care no he's not gonna pick you my guy like he you do not need to be going this hard for him and like call me a bitch over this man he does not care about you like you need to take it down anyway all this to say more more and more evidence um but anyway him scoring again started a whole you know twitter chatter about the fact that it's ridiculous that he's done in the squad but I, I do think it's interesting. I feel like maybe because I've been a hater like since the moment he got the job, but like I do feel like people are starting to come around to my side of things on Greg Berhalter. Yeah. Um, which is funny. Like I don't think he's gonna be in the job a year from now. I'll be honest. I think the U.S. soccer, if they're at all smart, will take any excuse they can to fire him 
frankly, if Berhalter is smart, he will finish, the, he will go the World Cup and he'll step out himself before they give, they have an opportunity to fire him. But if they don't make it out of the group stage in the World Cup, he's fired. Oh, yeah. They also should hopefully see that going into like the 2026 World Cup, they need a new coach if they're going to, you know, yeah. do well in the World Cup that they're hosting. Yeah, and the, and the sooner you switch out the coaches, the better. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. With all your young oh. players, the better, better. Give uh, give a coach four years to lead up to the World Cup, but yeah. Um, yeah. in 2026. But anyway, we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll I'm sure talk plenty about them next week. Next um, week, there will be plenty of games to discuss. Um, and yeah more of our uh last thoughts before you know the world cup happens so our last look at some of these uh national teams so it'll be the last time we talk about the national team um the next time we talk about them after that we'll be most likely um talking about the world cup roster yeah so exciting times to look forward to i feel like there's a lot this week was a little bit slower but there's you know it's all boiling on the under the surface and uh Mm-hmm. Soccer world's about to get pretty crazy for the next couple of months. So, yeah, because it hasn't already been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't already been chaotic as usual. Um, but with that, um, we're going to end um, and we will be back next week with uh, some discussion on the international break and how national teams are shaping up uh, before the World Cup. So, we will see you then. Bye. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.